Hello, this is Eden on Camway at JD89 The Bridge. Welcome back to my show, Garden of Eden. It's Garden of Eden, and I'm your host. I talk about what I like most. Garden of Eden! (laughs) I am so, so, so excited for today's episode because it has been a long time in the making. I am going to be talking about how I wrote a children's book. I'm going to start with a little backstory. So I think writing a children's book is something that I wanted to do for a long time because I'm a pretty creative person. I enjoy projects and things that are visual. And I knew I had the skills I needed to do it. In the back of my mind, I was like, why not? And then I ended up having this hole in my schedule where I had an off period and didn't want one. So I was like, hmm, I can fill this time with something. And my mom was like, why don't you do an independent study where you write a children's book? And I was like, that's genius. So I went to the counseling office and talked to the counselors about how I would do that. And I filled out the forms and got an advisor for it, a teacher advisor. And that's how it came to be. From there, I went through all of the steps that I'm going to walk through today in order to come up with a final product that at the end of this episode, I will read. Let's kick this off with part one, planning and research. So part of having an independent study is you have to write up a course plan, rubric type of thing. So I wrote up what I wanted to achieve. Uh, I wrote up what my plan for the course was. So I wrote, by this time in the semester, I want to have come up with my idea. By this time, I want to have illustrated the pages, and so on and so forth. And I think that even if I was writing this in my free time, it would have been a good thing for me to do, just to kind of set benchmarks for myself. And after I had formed this plan of sorts, I began researching, which included me pooling together all the children's books, the classics that we had at our house that I loved when I was little, and even the ones that I didn't. And I started by reading those. And as I read, I had these sheets that I created where I would write notes on what I liked about the book, what I didn't, and then I would rate it out of 10. And this was a good way for me to kind of see the direction that I wanted to go and see what I thought personally was successful in children's books, picture books, and what wasn't. Once I blew through all of the kids' books at our house, I borrowed some from friends, and I also went to Island Books and read a few without taking notes because I felt like I couldn't do that, and read through some newer children's books to see what was more mainstream and popular now. Also, as I read, I took pictures of pages that I particularly liked, whether it be the illustrations or the layout, or I thought that the colors worked well together, just so that I could look back on them for inspiration of what I thought was successful. And it also helped me see correlation between the ones I liked and then the style that I wanted to go for. And I also had this worksheet that I made that had just a ton of lines where I wrote out ideas that I had as I went, even if they were ridiculous and I knew I wasn't going to use them. Basically a brainstorm where I could write down anything I thought might be of use. After reading for probably about two or three weeks, I decided that it was time for me to move on to part two, which was coming up with an idea. At this point, it was pretty clear which direction I wanted to go. To start... I knew that I wanted to do something mental health related, and I also wanted the style to be a little bit more Dr. Susie, 
with words that rhymed and characters that weren't necessarily human. Then I looked back on the sheet that I was talking about earlier where I had brainstormed tons and tons of ideas and I picked out a few that I wanted to expand on and came up with a few more and just continued to look over them and look over them until I narrowed it down to probably two or three ideas that I was feeling pretty good about. At this point, I'm a pretty indecisive person, so I did not want to choose what to do. It got to a point where I was like, I have to pick something and go with it. And there had been one idea lingering in my head ever since near the beginning of me starting the independent study. That was the idea that I would pull in themes of mental health by making this blue world where there was a character and everything was blue and they didn't know why it was all blue, but it just was. And it would touch back to how sometimes you don't know why you feel sad. So that is the idea that I went with. And at that time, it was not um, very expanded. I didn't really know what I was going to do. I hadn't quite decided if the characters were going to be real humans, but soon I decided that I wanted them to kind of be these blob people, also so that a bunch of people could relate to them. And I felt good once I came up with an idea and stuck with it, because then I knew, okay, now I'm going to try to make this as good as I can. I was ready to move into part three, storyboarding. So a storyboard is basically a sheet where there's a bunch of boxes and there's a place where you write the words that you want in each page and then a rough picture of what you want. I knew that this part, you didn't need to focus on details too much. It was just to get the concept down, to try to get an idea of what it was actually going to look like. Putting my ideas into pictures and words was pretty difficult. It was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, and I tend to be a perfectionist, so if I didn't get everything exactly right, I was like, oh, this isn't going to work, this idea is bad, I should have picked something different. So I definitely encountered some bumps. I encountered a lot of bumps throughout this entire thing. I'm making it seem as though it was one fluid step to the next to the next. It wasn't that at all. I definitely encountered roadblocks and not feeling creative and not knowing what to do next. Along with writing out the storyboard, I started drawing characters and landscapes to kind of create a picture in my head of what the world was going to look like and what the style was actually going to be. And then I started thinking about color choice and how, yes, I wanted the entire book to be only blue, no other colors. And then picking what shades of blue and figuring out what the whole thing was going to look like. And this part was pretty satisfying, getting to see a few of the pieces come together into an idea that I was pretty excited about. So I had been planning and preparing and researching and storyboarding for quite some time. And it was time for me to take the leap and start working on the actual book. So that's what I'm going to talk about right after this short break. It's Eden back after the break on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge with my show Garden of Eden. In case you missed it, in the last part of this episode, I have been talking about how I wrote a children's book. So far, we've covered part one, two, and three. Planning and research, 
how I came up with an idea, and what the storyboarding process was like for me. And now I'm going to get into the thick of it, illustrating and writing the book and working on the actual thing. So this brings me to part four, writing. This was when I pulled together all of my ideas for my storyboard and words that I thought would rhyme well and looking at how I wanted the structure to be. And after I pieced those things together, I basically wrote up this Google Doc page by page and wrote out what I wanted each one to be, each line. And at the beginning, I didn't focus on making it perfect. It was more for me to just get the concept down. Once I had done that, I started writing in rhymes and making all the lines go together through rhyming a bunch of words with blue, which was the central word of my entire book. It's in the title, which I'll talk about later. This part was super hard. Writing up the pages and getting them to a point that I was satisfied with was super tricky, trickier than I thought. There was just so much editing that went on and figuring out how one page would flow into the next well and how I would rhyme one word with another one to correspond with the picture I thought would look good. Also, that is a good segue, as I wrote the page, sometimes I would write a bulleted list below of elements I wanted to include in the illustration. And really, I just kept editing and kept editing and kept editing. I got to a point where I just couldn't look at it anymore and see anything that I could change or a place where it was weaker than the other lines. So I got some outside help. This happened to be my mom. She was basically my main helper for this entire thing. Every time I was creatively stumped or felt like I couldn't do it or didn't like where it was going, she gave me reinforcement and creative ideas and helped me get over all of the roadblocks I encountered, and I'm so thankful for that. So at this point, she helped me see where some of the pages weren't as good, where it was strong, what I could rhyme things with, and just helped me come up with more ideas. After probably a few weeks, I got the lines to a point that I was somewhat happy with. I knew that I was going to end up changing little things later on, but the structure of it overall was fine. And I was ready to move into part five, which is illustrating. Wowie, this was unexpectedly the hardest part by far. I don't know why it was so difficult for me to motivate myself to do all of the work, but I think I thought it would take less time, but then once I started, I realized that it was going to take me so much longer than I had anticipated because what I did first was create a giant storyboard where I took the lines that I had created that I was happy with, cut them into little strips and pasted them on the big storyboard and started writing up drawings that I was actually going to use for each page and follow for my sketches when I did those later. That in itself took me so long, and I was just like, wow, I have some work cut out for myself. Also during this time, I decided that I was going to paint each page on giant storyboards, and then once I was finished, I was going to take high-quality pictures of them and scale them down and put them in Photoshop to finish them off. I followed the rough storyboard that I had done earlier and just went page by page, and oof, it was a grind. I didn't like this part at all. It was so oddly difficult for me to finish just one, and I would finish one and be like, ugh, I'll do another one in a week. And so this not only was the hardest part, it took the longest, 
it would have probably taken as long as it did no matter what but also my level of motivation and level of procrastination through this entire thing definitely made it take longer keep in mind i was working on these massive artboards so filling each page and then also getting the details i wanted was such a process I also don't have that much experience in painting. It's not usually my medium of choice. So I found myself frustrated in not being able to achieve some of the details that I wanted to. But I think I was too hard on myself and I was too much of a perfectionist because I knew that the smallest little mistake didn't matter too much because I was going to put them in Photoshop and clean up the rough edges. And I mean, I had to do a lot of that anyway. So I think focusing on the mistakes really held me back. At this time, around the time of when I was creating the words for each page and painting, school was canceled because of coronavirus. Everything was just chaotic. So motivating me to do a project that I had been putting off and procrastinating and feeling kind of down about was so much harder. I finally pulled it together bit by bit, chipped away at it, and finally finished painting. It took me weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, but I was really proud once I had, had done it. Even if some of the pages didn't look as perfect as I wanted them to, I was just happy that I had pulled through. So after I had finished all of the pages, I sprawled out the big boards all across the floor. I took each one and changed a few minor things that I wanted to, added in a few things, and I was ready to move on to part six, which was putting it all together. And because of how challenging the last part was for me, it felt so good to be at a new stage and doing something different that I was super motivated and super excited. And I kind of got my spark back and was passionate about the project again, which felt really, really good. Then initially I was planning on having a professional place scan the paintings and then I would put those into Photoshop because the resolution is a lot better and it's just a lot higher quality but I looked into it and it was really expensive and didn't have a super fast turnaround and I figured that because I had a friend with a nice camera I could do it just as good by myself or to the level that I needed it. So I borrowed the camera and started taking pictures of each page and then I took those pictures, put them on my, on my computer, into Photoshop, and began editing. Because I knew that I was so close to actually seeing a final product come together before my eyes, I blew through this part. I spent a few days just grinding out the editing. I corrected the colors to get them to where I wanted them to be. I fixed jagged edges. I brushed over parts that I thought looked funky. I just made every single thing exactly how I wanted it and fixed everything that I couldn't really fix with paint. Initially, my plan was to put together the pages with the type on Illustrator, but I learned from my mom about this other platform called InDesign, which is also part of the Adobe suite, and it's for putting together spreads for magazines or books like what I'm doing. So I installed that and kind of taught myself how to use it. It was pretty self-explanatory because I know how to use Photoshop and Illustrator and a lot of the tools overlap. So I started 
transferring my type from my Google Doc into InDesign and pasting all of the pictures. And it was so cool seeing the combination of the type with the photo and how it looked like a real book that I had created. I mean, I had created a real book, but seeing it like that was like, wow, I actually did that. And this part was so fun. It was so rewarding. And I also tweaked so many of the words and changed some of the rhymes and rewrote completely some of the type and had my mom read and reread it to make sure there were no grammatical errors. And I finished. I got the book to a point that I was so proud of and it was ready for me to order it. So I put the book into Shutterfly, just very basic, so that I could get a bunch of copies to give to family and friends and also send to publishers. I think I ordered about 20. Once they came, it was so exciting to get to flip through the book and read it and see the cover. Oh, I never even mentioned what it's called. My book is called Making Do With Blue by Eden Voss. And wow, the feeling of holding that book was, oh my god, it was like nothing else. It was, it made me feel so proud and so happy and so filled with joy that I had actually gotten to that point. At this point, it was summer, so the whole project kind of became something for me to work on throughout the summer. I sent a few copies of the books to publishers and also sent the digital PDF to some more. I haven't heard back from any of them yet, but I'm still hopeful. But coronavirus is also kind of a weird time to be reaching out to people, asking them to publish for you. But I looked up publishing tips online. I got this book from my friend whose mom is published on how to get your book published and followed some tips from that. And something else I did was create a video of the book so that I could send it to more people where I displayed all of the pages and then did a voiceover where I read it. If you're listening on Spotify and you'd like to watch the video, it's in the show description below. And if you're listening live on the radio, you can go to Spotify and look up Garden of Eden and find the link. Now for the final part, part seven, where I'm at now. So I've reached out to a bunch of publishers and actually was lucky enough to have a psychiatrist review the book, who I'm talking to this weekend, so fingers crossed that goes well. Uh, just to legitimize it because it's a book about mental health and I want to make sure that I didn't get anything wrong and I'm probably going to end up having to go through and maybe add in some pages, fix some of the wording. After that, once I'm sure it's legitimate and also reviewed by a psychiatrist, um, I'll continue trying to get it published because I think the book has a really good message and I want as many people as possible to hear it. So that basically brings me to the end of this episode. And so as promised before, I'm going to read it. This is Making Do with Blue, written and illustrated by Eden Voss. Today, the whole entire world is blue. Your brand new tennis shoe, favorite kazoo, temporary tattoo, lavender shampoo, Neighbors cockatoo? They're all blue. The sky is always blue, and the ocean too. Only today, they're a different kind of blue. A sad kind of blue. And it's not a great view. Sounds are blue too. 
every honk, laugh, whisper, chew is coated in a layer of blue. And you too, you're blue. It might be like there's a cow sitting on you and his moo only adds to your feelings of blue. Or like your feet are being held down by tons of sticky, spit-out bubblegum glue. It seems like everyone else is out, doing their diddly-do. Not you. You want to go out and do, hang out with your crew, run through town yelling, woohoo! But you're blocked by blue. And trust me, others have been too. What do you do? What do you do when the whole world is blue? I wish getting rid of blue was as easy as saying, shoo shoo, no thank you. Unfortunately, it's not. It can sneak up on you, that stubborn blue. I have something you can do. It works for me, and maybe it'll work for you. Close your eyes and think of the bestest, happiest, most beautiful thing ever. Maybe it's a village in the sky, floating on levitating pies, and every single person has the ability to fly. Or maybe think of a time someone said something genuinely kind. Whatever comes to mind. There are lots of other things you can do to get blue to pass through. Find a person you feel comfortable talking to. Lots of people are there for you on days when the whole world is blue. What if you've tried everything and have no clue why you're still blue? When the whole world is blue, it can seem like you'll never get through. And it's hard. It's really, really hard. But yay for you, because blue gets tired too. Like many feelings, it will pass. Phew. Everyone feels blue sometimes, just like me and you. So, be there for others. Because who knows, maybe today, their whole world is blue, too. And that's the end. That's my children's book. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoyed this episode where I talked all about how I wrote that. I guess for now, this has been Eden on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge with my show, Garden of Eden, which you can listen to every Saturday at 10 a.m. I hope you have a great rest of your day.